But I think the main things is at the end of the day, volleyball is volleyball. It's in the same nine by nine court, and the rules are the same. So we. Uh, <laughs> is that on the back of your shirt? Yeah, so that's yeah, yeah, something that I just did, 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 <laughs> a little free shout out for you. Um, and it doesn't matter who's on the other side of the net. You need to still execute to the best of your ability if you want a chance to win. That's right, Brett Walsh. Welcome back, boys and girls, to the 9 by 9 the 81 square meters of the best volleyball coverage on the internet. Today is Tuesday, November 28th. This is episode 98. My name is Rob St. Clair, live from Chicago. 98. 98. That is Everett DeLorme, live from Toronto. And I know we, this uh, this number of episodes isn't exactly right, but still, that's that's a lot of episodes. That's a lot I of mean, episodes. A yeah, lot, I mean, it's, it's actually way, it's way more yeah, because of all of the other ones um but still 98 is pretty damn good it's the yeah, uh, connor nice. bedard it's the connor bedard episode that's right uh pretty nice number we've we've been going here in the nine by nine for a pretty long time and uh there is never a shortage of volleyball to talk about obviously when was when was the first episode rob let's it, let's let's it was take november a... it was november of 21 so i think it we was just, we just passed the two-year mark a week or two let's... ago Let's let's take a couple of moments here to go back through all of our live streams, which is like, which is a lot at a this lot. point, a lot <laughs> at this point, because you, you consider all of the previews and world championships and VNLs and, and all of this stuff like you have to go back to the black logo. Oh, yeah. Before, before we change the thumbnail. November 9th. Ooh. November 9th. So we are we're well at well past our our two year anniversary now, Rob. Love it. So love welcome. it. Appreciate yeah. all of you who have who has been here by a raise of hands in the chat. Who's been here since that first episode? Yeah, who is one of like the two hundred people that watched episode? Oh, one? that <laughs> that one was probably like a hundred a hundred people. Yeah, so we've uh, we've we've come a long way, but uh, there's never any shortage of volleyball to talk about. So it's it's it's, it's given us constant constant stories, constant reactions, constant content, and. And uh, don't worry, we will talk about Piacenza. And uh, this this week, instead of starting in Italy like we usually do, I want to start with the CEV Champions League because, League. yeah, hundred percent. Men's Week One it. was last week. Uh, this coming week, actually, right this very moment, uh, we have a, a men's game going on Week Two. Uh, yeah, Shemsky is going to three dong Budjovice, no problem. But uh, this is a big week in Champions League. Both men's and women's have very good matches this week. But let's talk about Men's Week One. Mm-hmm. You all should have watched our Champions League preview by now that we did with Eric Shoji. So we're going to assume that you all have watched that. If you haven't, stop right now. Go back and watch that. Then watch the rest of the show. So Champions League is fully underway. We had, we talked about the pools. We talked about the structure. We talked about all that. Now we just got to talk about the matches. Two big ones this week, Everett. Where do you want to start? I, I want to start with Tools for Sovia. Bang. Bang. Because this one... So I have a little bit of a tier list that I that I did. Um, I got some caught up in a little work, so it's going to get posted soon. I put tools in the last tier. This team was two and five in the French League coming into this match. This team was outside of a playoff spot, was fighting off relegation in the French League, and they're going up against Rosovia. Now Rosovia Rosovia has been very very good. TJ DeFalco has been very very good. You know who was not really good in this one, Rob? TJ DeFalco. You know who was really good in this one? Abuba. Abuba. His former teammate from Viva yeah. Valencia a few years ago. It, it seemed like maybe that, you know, like bringing some like, spark, sprinkle in some 2021 Vivo Valencia ma- magic. 
because man, Abuba was on fire. And I mean, I do have the feeling that Buba Abuba has the ability to pop off in games like this, you know, especially when in another team that may not tend to care as much, right? Was it was it an away game? No, I'm pretty sure this is in Poland. Yeah, it oh, was. Oh, that's even worse. Yeah. That is that is even worse. Um, I mean, DeFalco was was real bad in this one. Abuba was real good. Boyer was all right. Boyer was the like in, really like it was like it 20, was Boyer and the middles. Twenty for thirty three is better than all right. Like that that's an yeah. that's an awesome match from Stefan Boyer. Uh, only four errors plus a block and an ace. I mean, that he certainly was not the problem. But uh, it wasn't so much statistical for me watching this match. It was body language and bad vibes on the Rosovia side in a way that it's kind of tough to put my finger on. Uh, they, 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 they don't look cohesive. They don't look like they like each other very much. They, they don't look like they're they're. They, they they don't look like they like each other. They don't look like they're having fun. They don't look like they're they they really want to be there, or they feel like that like playing a Champions League match against Tours is worth their time. And uh, I mean, they they have a hard pool. They're also going to have to play Trentino, like uh, not this week, but next week. And by no means is them making them is Rosovia making out of this pool guaranteed at this point. Now that they've lost to Tours. And I don't really understand what the I don't know what the fix is here. They've clearly got some, uh, like maybe some outside hitter questions with like who's going to be the second guy, Chabul or Luati, because DeFalco is going to continue to start even this game. He was quite bad, but that is atypical for him. DeFalco, like if you don't start DeFalco, oh yeah, yeah, you're going to start DeFalco. That that that's not a question. But so it was interesting to to hear what the what our Polish friends were saying on the Discord in the Poland channel and CV channel about this match and about kind of Rosovia in general. It's like there seems to be a feeling that there the, there are players on this Rosovia team that are that are not on the same page about how they're attacking this season sort of mentally and emotionally. It seems like there's different levels of commitment and different levels of competitiveness. And uh, I, uh, I hate to keep saying it, but there's one guy... <laughs> we both know there's one guy we both know where the problem is you've been talking for so long and we can pin it on one person it's like how many drinks did fabian driska have before this game you know like the, the, this is a guy who has always just been about the vibes right no thoughts just vibes and his <laughs> vibes can go all over the place right like oh man like like i would understand why like, you know what I think? I, I liken TJ DeFalco a lot to Jimmy Butler. You know, mm. he, he can be a, he, if he's in the right system and he has the right structure around him, he can be gangbusters. TJ DeFalco, Team USA, he's got his boys around him, right? He's got John Sparrow there. TJ DeFalco, LBSU, right? Like, you, you've, you've got your, your team there. TJ DeFalco Rosovia seems like, he seems like a bit of an outlier. He seems like a bit of an outlaw, like a bit of a bandit, you know, like he should be wearing a bandana and a cowboy hat, like tr- like going around, going across the, across the Midwest because, you know, like he's a bit of a, of a vigilante. Um, and I could a hundred percent see with, especially like, because the thing is, is that I think with the addition of Boyer on this team, right? Like 
this is now a party team, right? <laughs> when you have when you have like Drizga and Boyer, like when you have Boyer at at JW alongside of of uh, Tony Uti was of Tony Uti. There's a little bit of like, hey, no, like I can keep you in the reins. But then when you're setter, the guy who gives you the ball, the guy who sets you the ball, is the guy who's like, hey, let's go for drinks. Hey, let's 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 go do this. Hey, let's let's you know, like, is the guy who's just kind of just like fluffing it through warm up. And we've all been there. We've all played with that oh, guy. Yeah. For 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 me, unfortunately, it was Jory Manta who's still ripping up the Bundesliga. Uh, he was the guy who was fooling around during workouts and all this time. But yeah, like I could a hundred percent see we see where TJ's bad attitude comes from, given the uh, the assortment of characters he has. Yeah, around. and so this is all we don't know any of this for sure. This, but this is all pretty well informed speculation. I think we we know enough oh, about we know enough about these players' personalities to have a. a a decent opinion on what's going on here uh, yeah and when, when you say tj devalco like similar to jimmy butler in the right system it's not like it's not an x's and o's system it's no. a personality system 100%. like coaching staff and, and you know relationships within the team sort of system that that's what you mean like i can actually really like that comparison a lot tj is very fiery very competitive very fiery very competitive and sometimes that portrays to people who like watching from the outside who don't really know him that that like that portrays like a bad attitude but yeah. I, I, I would actually kind of like it if I were his teammate. He holds people to a very high standard, including himself. So, mm-hmm. uh, like, you, he's he's going to be the most upset about his own performance in this game. Because, yeah, he wasn't good. Like, 7 for 20, 3 errors, extremely low efficiency, didn't serve well, passed okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, th- that's not good enough by TJ standards. But, no. yeah, when, when he feels like he has to, like, emotionally drag his team into – trying to compete in a champions league game that is frustrating no matter who you are and uh what i hope is that this is a wake-up call for rosovia because this this roster on paper other than the setter i mean kokonovsky and close in the middle boye defalco chable and maybe luati on the on the wings and and zatorski labelle like this is a champions league winning caliber team this is a this is a hey this this team could walk into the gym against any team in the world right now and potentially pick up a w right Absolutely. But attitude-wise, they could also walk into the gym against any team in the and world lose right now and, and lose as they're losing to, you know, two and five tools. Um, <laughs> and and th- this is what Champions League is all about. Like, th- this is this is when it gets fun is when we have these outstanding on-paper rosters playing against uh, a team from another, a totally another country who they know nothing about, who's probably greater than the sum of its parts, who, like Tours, has been really bad to start this year. Like, they've been bad in the French League. They won the Super Cup, but like the bad otherwise. And now, all, all out of nowhere, that they pull an Abuba performance where he goes fifteen for twenty nine. Oh no, sorry, that's the wrong stat line. Twenty five for forty four, even more ridiculous. Yeah. With a block and an ace, and like this is a guy who's extremely error prone. And the one day he keeps the ball inside the sidelines is um, the day they play against Rosovia. And Tours mentally watching this game, Tours deserve to win this game. Budejovice just took their first lead against uh, JW, by the way. Did One I? thing I will have to point out, we have talked about the Rosovia curse, right? We've we've talked <laughs> about the, the Zhezhov curse, but that's to me, is only in the Plus League. Is there a curse right now, Rob, on that third Polish team in the Champions League? Because let's remind, remember back to Zemierci mm. last year, who was shit, right? 
didn't make it didn't make it out lost to uh lost they, to berlin they, twice they, they did, oh, they make, did it out. They they the, make it out they did out but they were they, the third team yeah, yeah and they got stomped by zaxa in the first round and, and then, then for shava the year before you were shava the year before exactly back when anastasi uh was leading them um maybe there's something a bit of a curse of on that 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 third polish team because on paper all of these teams should have been right up there and on paper so far they've they've been really bad so maybe poland as a whole just isn't used to being you know that relevant in the champions league very interesting uh yeah we'll keep an eye on that but i mean they're a polish team has won the last three of these competitions in zaxa obviously and then jsw is no stranger to just just the third team just Just, yeah just 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 the third team just the third team you know i think pattern jw and zaxa expect to be there now you know like they've they've gotten to the point where they if they aren't at the Champions League then that like that's that's a miss of a year right and if you you go to those to those teams you expect to play in the Champions League oh yeah right? 100% you you expect to be a contender um whereas on that, that whatever that third team is i mean it could it could almost almost be anyone um yeah it it could really uh it, it could really be better. maybe they're just not ready for it who knows maybe maybe so uh first big upset of Champions League happens in week one. Uh, very interesting. The other match that we definitely got to talk about was the one that we all had circled. As good of a week one match on paper as you could ever ask for, Hulk Bank Ankara goes into Italy and beats Piacenza 3-1 to one for three points. And remember, that with the Champions League format, every set matters, but especially every point, like every standings point, is enormously important. So, and this one, deal. this deal. one was real close to going to five. Oh yeah, very close. This, this one was real close to going to five. I mean, Piacenza's has, and we're going to talk about it. Piacenza is having some issues on the right side right now. Uh, no Romano. He did dress for the game on Sunday against Monza. Didn't play. They started Gironi, who was actually pretty good against uh, P- Perugia over the weekend, or no, Lube over over the weekend. Um, no, Perugia. Last weekend, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They they started Gironi. He wasn't great. When they brought Leal over to the right side, that's when they started winning, and that's when yeah. things started kind of changing. Like I, I really liked that look, having Ricine and uh, Lucarelli on the left side, and just allowing Leal to to bang on the right side. I mean, that's when they made that change in the third set. That's the the set they won. That's when they really started to serve well. But then Hallbank is also a team that was really able to weather that storm. Like Piacenza was leading for most of that fourth set, and they were able to 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 make that comeback once they were able to handle the serving and handle the different look of, of the offense. Hallbank looked really really good in in this one, and when this Hallbank team is having fun, Rob, they are so dangerous, so 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 dangerous. The the duality of Irvin Ingapet, he has that effect on teams that it, when. When you get Irvin in the zone, when like he's always going to have fun, he's always going to have that the, just sort of the way he carries himself on the court. Whichever you and I saw him at VNL, like it, 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 you got to see him in person because when you get you get a chance to, to look at only him and just see the the way that he moves around, even when the ball is nowhere close to him, it's really fascinating. I've never seen a player like him. But when 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 he's ha- when his behavior is having a positive effect on his teams. That's the, the the teams that he's on are super dangerous because they get this incredible like downhill momentum mm-hmm. that that we totally saw from Hawk from Hawkbank here and or it was Irvin himself that in the fourth set really put the nail on the coffin from the service line. I mean, he had that ace to win it and then yeah. did like a full victory lap around the that, arena running around. 
that to me was awesome. But awesome. when you look at like Irvin's always been a good time player, right? But then when For you sure. look at, at who he has around him, Michael Ma, Michael Ma, uh, and I thought that Gord, like we haven't really seen Gord Perrin at all this season. Oh, I thought Gord was really good. Gord was really good. He was really solid, and you can tell that like everyone has their role on this team, right? Like Irvin's the P one. No one doubts that, especially in these international competitions. You have Gord Perrin, who's just going to come in and pass nails, which is exactly what he did in, in, did in this one. I mean, I thought Hawkbank passed really well all 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 around. It did. Namir is just going to get a ton of volume. And Micah Ma'a is the good time king. You know, just the laid back Hawaiian in the back, just slinging the butter. Like, I I, I love the competition of, uh, the, the composition of this team, Rob. I really do. Me too. Me it's, too. It's, I also, it's so much fun to watch. I also want to give a shout out to actually both Hawkbank Ankara middles. I thought they both hung in there pretty well. Uh, Dokan Ulu and Mert Matic both, I mean, they had what? 14 points combined uh Matic mm-hmm. in particular they, they have five blocks combined a couple solos on the middles they got Kineski and Simone one-on-one a couple times like that was a, a good performance that was one question about Hawkbank's roster construction because it seems like the better Turkish middle blockers play for mm-hmm. Zerat Bank instead of Hawkbank and this is a good performance for them uh even their libero this uh Volkan Dune guy who I don't know much about uh he passed great dug a couple balls and it's just a nice combination of skill and physicality. I mean, Micah Ma'a is one, and Micah Ma'a against Antoine Brizard is a fun setter matchup. That's as physical yeah. as physical of a setter matchup as you'll see. Um, Namir just exudes physicality, and then you have a whole lot of skill and Gord and Irvin on the left. Like, and then you have Mirza Lagumja off the bench, who we saw a little bit. If you need more high ball scoring than that, then you got that option. Like, it, this is a well constructed team, and yeah. Namir very good, seventeen for thirty two. Um, 11 blocks as a team for Hawkbank, pretty good. They passed the ball great. Seven aces to 15 errors is outstanding. And kind of what we were saying about them last year as they got all the way to the semifinals of Champions League is once they start to play against really good teams, it's how clean of volleyball can Hawkbank play. And uh, last year they struggled with that a little bit, but with the addition of Irvin Ingepet, looking looking a little shiny right now. Because like last year, what, what did they have? They had Jayshki. They had Bruno, and yeah. then they had a, they had another uh, uh, Turkish guy as well, right? Yeah, um, I don't even remember which which yeah, Turkish guy it was. But like when you look at this roster as a whole, it's such an improvement, right? When you bring in Gord, and you, you, if you have Mirza Lagumja, I didn't think Lagumja didn't play fantastic coming in off the bench. Uh, I think he's been playing much better in the Efele League uh, than than what we saw last yeah. week. Tough in- job off the bench against a good blocking team, yeah, Whatever, yeah, but- for sure, but. I really like the composition of this team. Me too. I've said and, it before. I'll say it again. They've taken a massive step forward from last year, and I think they're they're ve- like they're very much in the realm of being able to beat the best Italian and, and Polish teams here because here here they are getting three whole points against Piacenza. Yeah, and there's a very good chance that they're going to play Perugia in the Club World Championship in about two weeks, and uh, if we see that match, that's going to be electric. So I'm looking yeah. forward to that. On the Piacenza side, I, I agree with you. While Yuri Romano can't play. The move is Leal on the right. 100%. 100%. Like the three out, whether you want to do like a three outside hitter thing or just like purely put Leal on the right and hide him and bring in Rechine for, for him on the left. That looked good to me for a set R- and a half. Rechine's looked good so yeah, far this season. I've really enjoyed watching Rechine. And I mean, he's definitely undersized, but like, let's be honest, like we're kind of seeing like, like Italian ball right now is kind of undersized in general 
right? Like if you look at what ha- what's happening with Monza, you know, EFL drops 21 points as a left on the, side on, on, the right on, side. On, on the right side, you know, like Gironi <laughs> is coming in. Like there's one, there's two dominant right sides in the league right now in Rich Leakey and Bentara. Other than that, now Lagumja, I think. Oh, Lagumja, yeah, Lagumja, still okay, number yeah. one. Yeah, I'll take that. You're yeah. right that there's there's the, uh, you can have success even in the, in the Super League of playing small ball. And yeah, Rechine has been good. Six for eleven, no errors, two blocks, uh, pass the ball fine against Hawkbank off the bench. Like that that doesn't bother me at all. I, I while Romano is out, I completely agree. Leave Gironi on the bench. Leave him on the bench. Yeah, we, we, we we've seen enough. He, he's he's played enough on the right side. We we've we've seen enough of this experiment. He's, I think Jeroni is a really really good sub in. Right. You know, I right. I think he's a really really good sub in, but I don't know if he has that ability to really push it uh, on a consistent basis. At no. that point, I would I would much more uh, I would trust Ricini a lot more on the left side and Leal on the right than I would with Jeroni's just straight up on the right. For sure. And uh, another thing I want to point out, and we'll we'll revisit this when we talk about uh, Piacenza versus Monza over the weekend. Keep an eye on Robert Landy Simone's stats. It's been a while, maybe even since he's played for Piacenza at all the last year and a half. It's been a while since we've seen a proper Robert Landy Simone stat line, where he goes like ten for thirteen with three blocks and three aces, and like dominates in all three phases. It's been a while since we've seen that from him. And I, I know that he's he's getting older. He is not 100%. He's dealing with the back issue. I still don't think a year and a half in that him and Antoine Brizard have figured out how to connect. No, I really don't. And there was a moment. There was a moment um, in the Monza versus, and I'm just going to jump into it now, now where it, it, it was a scoring play, but Brizard found him on a 31 and just shot it to him. And it seemed to kind of catch Simone off guard. He didn't really get a good one. He was able to just kind of push it through and 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 put it down. But I've I've talked about this before, whereas like DeCeco and Simone worked so well off each other just because the vibe was so good. You know, like they they just play off each other so well. But we haven't seen that connection happen with Bizarre. And there's always I don't I, for me it it almost seems like a spacing spacing issue. You know. Um, and Brizal, I found, always sets Chininese so well because Chininese has such a weird, like a, a weird window because of the way he's yeah. able to, to bend it outside. Yeah. He needs a much loopier ball. Yeah, loopier in in a different way. Like I think Chininese needs a fast ball that loops around him, whereas Simone really needs a bit of a loopier ball because he's not a he's not a Kokonofi middle where he's up and he's a swing. He needs to get up. To it, up to it a, a, a little bit more. Simon, right? dude, Simon takes it out of the setter's hand pretty darn fast, especially for a guy that big. The, yeah. the, whatever it is, there's just some, something about that connection that still a year yeah. and a half in doesn't work. So just keep an eye on Robert Lemmy Simone's stats because we, we were able to see Simone really pop off throughout the playoffs. Like there's there's a few times towards the end of the year where I think it's just kind of like a hey, give me the damn yeah, ball, like flip the like, switch. And- you know, you flip the switch and he he can just go off. I'm not too worried about him in in November. I'm worried about what his stats are going to be looking like in March. Fair enough. Uh, but, like, no way ever should the Hawkbank Ankara middles be completely outperforming the Piacenza no. middles in every category. I mean, Eduardo no. Kaneski hit zero. Yeah. Two for five and blocked twice. Like, that, you, th- that's got to be an area of strength for Piacenza the next time two, these two teams play, which will be in Turkey in probably a, a month, month and a half or so. So that'll be great. 
let's look around just the, the rest of the Champions League results from week one. A couple things to point out here. Both Zerot Bank and Trentino, they're top of the screen, winning 3-1 to one against Nacru Solari and Ljubljana, respectively, but in overtime in the fourth. Those were very close to being maybe five-set wins, five-set losses, whatever, but like as that is very close to two pool favorites dropping a point in week one. And that's what you got to look at here. Like when, if you're if you're looking at a team like Trentino, who's in Rosobio's pool, or Zerot Bank, who's in Zox's pool, every point is massively important. You must get three points against the lower teams in your pool, even when those teams are decently good, like Ljubljana and Rusolari. And the other thing is teams like Lube and Yashemski, they need to win every set. When you're playing the the all three bad teams in your pool, you need to win 3-0 every single time. And JSW against Guagas, uh, 30-28 and 26-24. And then Lube, 25-23 in the third. So even though there are these massive talent disparities, there still are sets that are ending up closer than they should be. And one of these times, that set is going to go the other way and, and the the worst team is going to steal a set here and there and that's gonna have a lot to do with the standings and the rankings so keep an eye on that stuff every set in champions league is really important yeah that that ranking at the end of it all right when you rank the first teams like one through five like that could be such a huge difference i mean last year we were really down to the the wire of what what it could happen oh yeah um so it's, it's like gonna be same thing zaxa versus olympiacos they won sets three and four both in overtime like and that was a good match so all, all this stuff, it's, it's all it's all going to matter. It, it was a good match, but Zaxa also wasn't playing their guys. You know, they played all of them that they had. They have, I mean, they have a third string setter, but it was Bednor, Schliefka, and Kachmarek. Like it was, it was as much of the starters as possible. Then they had, uh, dang it, did, did I, 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 the the Norwegian. I the think game. for for a bit, and then they put uh, they put Pashitsky in. I forgot the name. Maybe it's Shimanski, the guy the outside they picked up from Katowice. They did. They did. Shimanski did play. Did play from what okay. I from what I remember seeing. Yeah, uh, I want to give a big shout out to Lundberg getting their first yes. dub in the Champions League ever um, over Budijovice, uh, who's playing right now against uh, uh, against JW. That so one big... is tied late in the second set. By the way, JSW is up one nothing. Yeah, Ryan Sclater's got a nice little block. Let's go, Slate. Um, got it on, nice. Um, but anything else to chat about here in um, uh, week one? Yeah, Berlin um, handled Benfica. That was good. That was actually a pretty good game, though. Benfica, like Benfica, Benfica stuck in there with them. Like Benfica's a solid team all around. Like it's, they're in a tough pool, and but I think they're they're a solid team all around. Yeah. Um, also, shout out to Prague. People were laughing at me for for putting Prague so high in my uh, in my tier list, but here they are getting the three dong over Masaik. Masaik is a joke, and that Masaic. that was a that was a very close three dong. That they they have even if they get second in their pool, that like like I was saying in the Champions League preview, they will be that team that everybody wants to play in the first round 100%, of the playoffs. Hundred percent, absolutely. You want Prague in the, in that in that first round. Easy. Yeah. All right, so before we talk about what's coming up this week in Champions League, there are a couple other things in the CEV Cup. That I wanted to point out. Uh, it's normally way earlier in the year than anything interesting happens in the CV Cup, but this one uh, was. Shoutouts to Hypotyrol Innsbruck from Austria, uh, home of Tim McIntosh, the American libero who we got to know over the summer. They beat Fenerbahce at home 21-19 in the fifth in the first leg of the CV Cup. I think there, there's 32 teams left at this point. Um, and all of these matches or series 
they're all like the classic two match seed home and home home yeah. at home potential golden set sort of format so uh innsbruck i mean beating fenerbahce in the turkish league has been very very good to start this year we literally uh, like one of the last comments in the chat something be like turkish league is much more competitive in men's this year fenerbahce and galatasaray are looking for a place in the top two um and yeah, in the top two places the that league. must be someone who's relatively new to the show because yeah we, we we're we're on top of all this stuff but uh yeah the fenerbahce men are good and uh innsbruck an austrian team beating him is a big deal now the thing is that now uh, innsbruck actually i think tomorrow in cv cup has to go to istanbul and beat them again because if fenerbahce wins at home 3-0 or 3-1 they advance straight up no need for a golden set so uh, that that's how the CV Cup format works, and we'll see if uh, Innsbruck can pull the upset. The other one, <laughs> Everett, I don't know if I've ever seen anything like this. Two teams I've never heard of: uh, Radnički from Serbia versus mm-hmm. Craiova from Romania. Three to two match, thirty to twenty-eight in the fifth set. Thirty to twenty-eight in a tiebreaker. Have you ever seen anything like that? I can't wrap around the mentality of that. 30 to 28. I'm trying, I'm trying to put myself in that headspace of going to the distance like that in a fifth set. That is absolutely, that that's crazy to me. That is absolute. That's absolute craziness to me. Um, Yeah. We have any Serbian Uh, or Romanian fans. Tell us something about either of those teams, Radnički or Krajova. Yeah. I've never, never heard of either of them, but 30 to 28 in the fifth set is like nothing I've ever seen before. Oh, also shout out to a uh, Cam Branch, a nice Canadian on uh, that Innsbruck team. Oh, nice! Nipissing, out of Nipissing University, the Lakers. Um, so look at that—we got a bit of a North American, uh, bit of a North American uh, connection over there in in Austria. Very nice. A uh, couple other notable teams in CV Cup. There's a matchup right now: Nantes versus Chaumont, like two French teams that are playing. Actually, Nantes beat them in the first leg, and then uh, Xavierche is in CV Cup. And Milano out of Italy is in CEV Cup, and there, there's a good chance that they'll, they'll those two will play very, very deep in the tournament. But uh, I, I just wanted to point out the Innsbruck upset and 30 to 28 in a fifth set is like nothing I've ever heard of in my life. But that's no, that is absolutely crazy. I bonkers. mean, hell, even this one going 20, 21, 19 in the in the fifth is crazy too. Yeah, that's that's sweet. That's All right, so here's what's coming up this week. Uh, Men's Champions League Week 2. It starts today, like we've said already. Uh, we've got Budjavice and JSW playing right now. Um, tomorrow is a ridiculous day. <laughs> it is a ridiculous day. We've got Hawkbank versus Berlin. Uh, bright and early. I think that's uh, what's, that's 5 p.m. local, I think. Yeah, it's actually it's 10 a.m. Eastern. Then immediately after that, in the very same arena, we have Zerot Bank versus Zaxa. So we've got the back-to-back in Ankara tomorrow. Uh, both Berlin and Zaxa on the road playing in Turkey. So that's that's awesome. Um, Ljubljana versus Rosovia is only interesting because Rosovia lost last week. Yeah, get right. It's really it, that's that's they need to have a bounce back, and they, they need, need they, to have a bounce back. And they need to win three zero, in my opinion. That that, that has got to be like a convincing three nothing win. Um, Galatia versus Masaic, who cares? Olympiakos versus Rusolari is actually a decent match, but uh, it's I'm I'm interested to watch that one because I think Rosalare. Also, can we figure it out? Is is it Rosalari, Rosalari, or a Rosalare? Because you're. Like because in me, Belgium is is like part Flemish and part French. 
and there's a lot of French spoken. So like I would read that as a French word. I, I Googled it last week. I'm pretty sure it's Rusolare, I think. So okay. uh, we'll, we'll, I guess, I guess we'll see. Maybe, but I, maybe, maybe we have some Belgian fans in. in I was yeah, annoyed. I was annoyed watching Rusolare last week against Zirat Bank because they they were playing that Sepe Roti guy who played outside for Belgium in Olympic Quals, who was very good. Mm, they played him yeah. on the right side over Diego Gonzalez from Mexico, and I didn't like that. Like, put him on the left, and like the, we saw Gonzalez be so good at last year's World Championship. I was just looking forward to seeing him, and he was on the bench instead, and there was an outside playing opposite over him. So I didn't really get that. Well, maybe that's why Mexico fired their coach because they had a terrible, absolutely terrible international season. The, Mex- the Mexican national team did fire their coach. Uh, they, all, they did. Also, tomorrow, Lundberg versus Guaguas is a decent game. Uh, it's, it's in Spain, in the Canary Islands. So uh, good for Lundberg getting a little, little cool travel vacation in the middle of the season. Trentino, Trentino versus Tours is a decent game. Zoxa versus Zirat is, is must watch. Then uh, Lube versus Prague and Piacenza versus Benfica. Like, I'd say nine out of ten of these games are very much worth watching. Yeah, for, um, uh, pretty much all of them. I mean, maybe Lube versus versus Prague, not so much. And I mean, Rob, this is only the men's side. Of right. What's happening tomorrow? And too. that's like, what. That's the big part. To finally, we get a very good week of women's Champions League, and it's about yeah. time. Um, Fenerbahce versus Woods is is okay. Um, Stuttgart versus Asterix Avo, not really, but uh, I mean, it's 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 this. It's second. the second page. Yeah, it's the, the second, second page. page. Right there, there we go. Those, especially those first two at the top. Even Jezhov against Canigliano kind of interests me. Um, I don't know if anyone because is really going to be able to push push um, push much. But man, Vakif Bank against Malonza, mm. spicy. Okay, spicy. Skandici versus Zabasha Basha, mm. tasty. I want some of that. Um, Hell, even Lodge versus uh, Le Canef. Le yeah, Canef has a bit of, you know, like that's a pretty Le good Canef game on the, Thursday. Was the only non-Turkish, Polish, or Italian team to get a uh, a win so far in this tournament. So, like, there is so many. This might be. This is hands down the best week of Champions League so far, and it might be the best week of Champions League that we have all year long. Yeah, very possibly. Like, there's so many storylines. I mean, Malonza versus Vakif Bank. You have the the swap of Paula Egonu and Jordan Thompson from the offseason. Huge amount of overlap there. Skandici versus Ajibasha. It's Maya Onyanovic against her former team. Like, it, there's there's so much going on. And, and there's no foreigner limits because uh, both Skandici and Malonza and Vakif Bank, for that matter, could kind of use some some degrees of freedom with the foreigner limits and these matches are going to be awesome 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 like could be like champions league quarterfinal or semifinal previews in pool play and i'm very excited about these so uh you got to have two screens going this it's it's a bummer that a lot of these matches are going on at the same time at the same time but uh get get in front of however many screens you've got and get ready to watch some champions league ball tomorrow it's going to be an awesome day yeah, it really will be. It really, really will be. And get in the uh, Volleyball Source Discord. Good plug for that. Uh, get in the Volleyball Source Discord uh, as a place to watch and talk about every single game going on. Uh, the link's in the description. It is the best online volleyball chat community in the world. And uh, it is built for days exactly like tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, it's built like it's popping off right now. Of course it is. Uh, so before we move on to uh, the rest of the show, a little earlier than usual, I want to talk about a couple things. The first uh, is a very special, very special Black Friday, Cyber Monday-ish 
uh, sale featuring new stuff on thatvolleyballstore.com. Look at that. Look at Absolutely. that merch line. You guys asked for it. We provided it. Where's daddy merch? There's already a bunch of orders come in, Rob. Um, Love it. It's it's gonna it's it, it's it's gonna be tight. It's it's, it's gonna be good. I, I absolutely love it. Um, this sale twenty five percent off using the code Daddy only lasts for like two and a half more days. Once once December hits, it is done. Okay, once December hits uh, here in Canada in uh, on the Eastern Time, so you need to head over to that volleyball.store, Use the code Daddy to get twenty five percent off your entire purchase, and that is only good until december 1st so once december 1st hits it is done and you can no longer use it but a bunch of you have already gone out and, and picked it up appreciate you we love you for it um a lot of you have been really when when we do a 25 off a sale rob the margins are so small like we are making yeah. like small dollars off of this um so we appreciate you Make sure you go in and uh, and use the rest of it, code Daddy, to get twenty five percent off your entire order. Not just not just the Daddy V; it's everything. Yeah, uh, that volleyball that's, that volleyball store dot com is the new URL. Uh, the link is in the description, and uh, you should go check it out. And that code will expire in a couple of days, so uh, take advantage of it while you've got it. Uh, speaking of Daddy Stankovic, it's time for everybody's favorite segment. It's time for Where's Daddy? Uh, our our favorite human being on this channel, Daddy Stankovic, is hidden somewhere in the show like he always is. And it is a mad dash for you all once you find Daddy Stankovic to comment the timestamp of where he is in the main YouTube comment section after the show is over. And if you do that first, you get a shout out the following week. So uh, last week, we were talking about the Plus Liga. And if you see there, hidden inside the Charney Rodom logo, who got three dong by JSW and have yet to win a match in the Plus League up inside the Charney Rodham logo, uh, covered in that nice light blue color. There's Daddy Stankovic. So uh, a couple of you found him. Uh, Yana XOXO found him. Diego Martinez found him, and Kenny McGraw found Daddy Stankovic. So good job to you guys. And uh, once again, Daddy's hidden somewhere in this show. When you find him, wait until the show is over. Put in the main YouTube comments section where daddy is and the timestamp and you can get a shout out next week always a fun little scavenger hunt and my favorite part of the week is photoshopping daddy somewhere weird it's always a very good time for me jw just won the uh, second set over Bujo, Bujo, yeah everett 29 27 okay a little overtime there and uh that's that's two nothing, right? So they, they they're probably well on their way to a three dong, but uh, yeah, they are probably on the way to a three dong. Yeah, you're you're probably not wrong there, Rob St. Clair. Here's Daddy Stankovic. Uh, make sure you keep an eye out for him. Let's move on to the Super Lega. Uh, there's uh, really there's only like let's say maybe two matches to talk about here, um, and it's certainly not Trentino versus Catania. Certainly no. not Milano versus Padova. Certainly not Chisterna versus Mona. We don't need to really talk about any of those games. No, for sure. I definitely want to start back to Piacenza. Yes. Um, Monza versus versus Piacenza because this one was a bit of a banger. Um, had a great time, drank a beer, ate some chips, hung out on the couch on Sunday afternoon, went for a nice walk with my tea on Sunday morning, and then it was raining, so I just sat by the windows it was fantastic but you know what this game is what was heating me up this was a back and forth game um what P 
Piacenza won the first, Monza won the second, Piacenza won the third, Monza won the fourth, and, and the fifth. It would have been tighter, Rob. There's a huge caveat in this one that Antoine Brizal did injure himself yes, in he that did. set. Um, that was the the big the, the big thing. He was lunging for a ball. He seemed to have hurt his lower back. It was very interesting, though, as the uh, announcer was pointing out, is that he didn't go and get treatment. He just kind of put his tracksuit on and just kind of stood at the end of the bench. Um, generally, like I, I, I suspect, when does Piacenza play? They play tomorrow. I suspect we're going to see Brizal again. Like we 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 have to. But the injury to Brizal definitely changed changed things. Um, but to me, it comes down to Piacenza is a very, very good team when they serve tough. Yep. Like when you go back to that, that like their first set when they were down, Pizal goes back to serve. Simone goes back to serve, kind of changes up the, the game. When they're not serving tough, they just they just seem to be having those miscommunications, those misconnections. It just doesn't work as cleanly as other teams. Whereas on the other t- side of the net, you have a Monza team. That is full of chemistry right now. Hell, you bring out Arthur Schwartz, you put an EFL on, on, on the right side. doesn't matter. It's an MVP performance. He drops 21 points. He was almost automatic. It was incredible Playing to watch. Out of it's- position. I mean, the, you can't say enough about how insane that is. 17 for 29, three blocks. Like The blocking is the craziest part. Eric yeah. never blocks on the right side. That is that is remarkably impressive to. Well, he didn't club when he was a setter. Okay, <laughs> okay, ten years ago, that that blocking at the international level, flipping like mirroring your blocking footwork and your eye work and everything is very hard, and that that that's all the more impressive what Lepke was able to do at opposite, like leading the match in scoring, like at playing out of position, like that is insane. Very rare and special performance. Very to rare. Me- You've got two teams who, on paper, Piacenza should be better than Monza. Like, is that is that fair to say? Like, if if you look at these teams on on paper, mm, fine. Like on, on paper, but if you've watched even like five minutes of either of them play this year, then you know that, that this is built to be a heavyweight fight, and it was. Abs- absolutely right. But like when you when you go down position by position, like like P one, like Leal Leal versus Mar, you're gonna pick Leal. Lucarelli versus Ran. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna pick Lucarelli. The only question mark for me would be on the right side, versus I would still pick Lepke over Gironi, right? Hell, at this oh, point, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I might, I might pick Lepke over Romano, but still, like on paper, this Piacenza team is made to win, but it's the the chemistry that you see that this Monza team has that really just brings it all together. Um, I like what I you think- said about Piacenza and, and this and serving and, and just generating their own momentum from the service line. Like that's how we saw them have success last year, but it's, yeah. it's the same thing that goes with an individual player. Some individual players can really, you know, dig themselves out of a hole and, and, build downhill momentum towards the rest of the areas in the game by what they do at the service line. Piacenza takes that and expands it to the entire team. If that entire team serves the ball well, then yeah, they generate that that downhill momentum that that makes them feel unstoppable. But Moans, those games. No, it was not one of those games. Five well, aces, 28 errors. That is horrific. Uh, 7 to 22 for Monza is definitely better. Still not super pleasant to watch, but a good bit better. About one to every three instead of almost one to every six from for Piacenza, which is so bad. But Monza's chemistry is something that you can't like. You can't fake that, and it also like it, it's pretty impervious to just about anything except for injury. Like that 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 chemistry just just is. It, they're going to be able to lean on that in just about every game that they play, and the the engine of that is Kachopa. 
I've loved watching that dude set this year. So much fun to watch. He seems way more comfortable in a Monza jersey than he does in a Brazilian jersey, too. Doesn't right? feel like, anybody breathing down his neck. He when, doesn't feel he anyone breathing down his neck. He doesn't have a legend who is clearly favored by coaches and, and the, the the federation. Like this is his team and he knows it. Yep. Um and I also think that like having Lepke on the right side, defensively Lepke was awesome. Like he makes digs, he keeps balls alive, he sets out of system, and like it, it just provides a little look. Hell, we had Arthur Schwartz block in the middle for for a, a little bit there. I kind of like first, that. The versatility of this Monza team is really, really good. You've just got a lot of grinders. Um, like, well, Monza, again, the like thing is, though, that Ron Takahashi got hurt at the end of this game and is going to be out for about a week, week and a half, two weeks or so. And already with losing Ibrahim Lawani, they don't have a fourth outside on the roster. Monza will have absolutely no choice but to start all three Canadians. It will be Mar, Mar and Lepke on the left. And it will be Schwartz on the right. They literally don't have any backups at either of those positions now. So that'll be fun forever to watch. But that depth and that versatility is getting taken away by a couple injuries here. But that's exactly why you have that depth, right? right? Once you start getting into like, once you start getting into the Zaxa territory where you are like, no team can suffer injuries to like multiple starters and be okay with it, right? Like there's, there's no team in the world. Maybe Perugia is the only one, but even then, like, We've we've seen like they've they've lost some they've lost a match this year because they didn't have everyone at hundred percent right so yeah like when you are down your really really good P two like that is going to have an effect um, but I don't think like I, I like who do they have this week I don't I don't even know Milano um, big crosstown game ooh that that will be a good one and uh, poor volleyball world they 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 were probably salivating at the day Ron Takahashi met Yuki Ishikawa on the battlefield. <laughs> And oh, they're not going to get that because Rand's out. So sorry, Ace Volleywood and Volleyball. Yeah, I love I love so how every Volleywood post is now collaborated with Volleywood. What a joke. What a joke. <laughs> okay. What a joke. Okay there, bud. What a um, joke. Uh, but yeah, like that game will still be good, even even without Rand, because Monza is good and Monza has options. At least we hope they do. We hope that uh, literally everyone on the team doesn't get hurt. Do we... So we, do we wonder why is is Kachopa just really good at setting that small ball offense? Is that why Lepke's been so effective? Uh, maybe I also think it's a, a complete lack of scouting data against Lepke on the right side because no, nobody else has ever seen it before. Yeah, but uh, they also so run it real fast. They do run like it nice that. and fast. I love it. Yeah, it's I cool. Love it. It, it yeah. kind of looks Brazilian. Yeah, so that that plays into what Kachopa's good at. I uh, love it. What else? What, what else do you want to talk? Do you want to talk Lube versus Toronto here? Uh, yeah, I do. I do. There, there's not really any world that Lube should be going to five with Toronto. Now no. Toronto has a new coach. Now they they're maybe trying to refresh the vibe and try not to get relegated. And uh, they like, but still, Toronto should not be taking two sets from Lube Chivinova. Uh, they, they won sets two and three, and then Lube had to win it like eighteen sixteen in the fifth on a block by Chinineze, which is. Um, not the first time we've said that this year. So Lube dodges a bullet. Good to see Toronto play a little bit better. Uh, Kyle Russell was much better. Still too many errors. 19 for 45, seven errors. Um, Lanza, not good. That's predictable. But uh, Jose Miguel Gutierrez is pretty good. 19 for 39. Passed pretty well. 22 points. That's pretty good. 
But uh, yeah, Lube probably was sleepwalking here a little bit. And again, the first person I look, first stat line I look to when Lube struggles is Ivan Zaitsev. And uh, fit five for 15, three errors, and didn't pass the ball that great. And in, so th- in Italy, that's going to be the thing because of the foreigners, it, they, he has to play great at outside hitter. It's, there's been a very big switch for me this year on Lube, and it comes down to the passing. Last yeah. year, we were all over, like Zaitsev's passing. Everyone was surprised by it. It was like, kind of blown away. Like, oh, man, Zaitsev out here passing the ball looks good. Nikolov out here passing the ball doesn't look good. It's completely flipped the switch on this one. I mean, Zaitsev's passing numbers were terrible on this one. He got and aced Nik- once. And Nikolov's were amazing. Were amazing. Yeah, exactly. 35% positive, 13% perfect for Zaitsev. 70% positive, 55% perfect for, for Nikolov. That's and fantastic. Like, like, one thing for me, and if Toronto, to me, like, like, just looking at these numbers, all three of your serve receivers are getting the same amount of volume. Pick someone. Have Great. a serving serving strategy. Great Figure point. it out here because there's no way that when you're playing against a team like Lube, where like everyone should be like like if if I'm going up against Lube, every damn ball goes to Nikolov, right? For the first half of the season, as I'm as things are progressing, like if if I was a coach on the 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 Toronto coaching staff, I'd be like, look at these passing stats for Zaitsev. I would every ball goes to Zaitsev. Every serve goes to Zaitsev. Move him around. Put him long. Put him short. Every free ball goes to Zaitsev. Take him out of the game because when Zaitsev struggles, the rest of the team struggles. But there's just no serving strategy here for Toronto, none whatsoever, and you you can tell that. Whereas like on the other side, like uh, Jose Miguel Gutierrez. Almost past 50 percent of the balls for Toronto. That adds up over the course of a game. Yep. All those decisions add up over the course of the game, right? He got served forty-two times. He got set thirty-nine times. He had twenty-two twenty-two uh, serves himself. He's touching the ball a minimum a hundred times a game. That becomes a thing, right? And it's like, like I'm sorry, this is basic level strategy for me. Why isn't it being applied? You know, like great point, uh, like. Especially with a brand new coach, like he, and well, now it is Dragan Travitz's father who hasn't been anywhere near Italian volleyball in like two boomers. Decades. So, but the, you're absolutely right. You can't turn your brain off from the service line in the Super League. You no. must serve with strategy, or you're going to get relegated. Now, but it's it's crazy that Toronto even almost won this match because they they got an opportunity with Ivan Zaitsev having a bad game, and then Botolo off the bench for him wasn't very good either. And they, they didn't capitalize on it. And they're they're probably going to really regret that missed opportunity losing another five-setter. Do they have a win this season yet? No. Uh, so. no they're they're 0-7, but they're actually not in dead last in points. They're a point ahead of Catania because they've lost four five-setters. Yeah. It's crazy. Got to get one of these. The pass or like the serving for Toronto is just really not that good. Four aces on 23 errors. Terrible. Yikes. Just brutal, almost giving an entire set away on miss on miss serves, and yeah. you're 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 not putting on the pressure, um, otherwise. So, I mean, Lube, like this is this is where I don't understand Lube with with all of this, um, and especially hey, when we when we want to jump into it too with the rumors going around that Blangini is going to be done after the season. Um, to, that to- is that is the widely accepted rumor that John Lorenzo Blangini is going to leave Lube after this season and take the full time head coaching role of the Bulgarian national team, which is like it makes sense. Like yeah, Nikolov has thrived under him, right? Like Nikolov's your guy. 
you want to center your team around Nikola for the future for your Bulgaria, hundred percent. That's a fantastic move for. Yeah, them. I like I that hire, especially with their the young generation that they have that keeps like dominating at U seventeen, U nineteen, whatever. Like bring a guy like Blangini in to get the most out of them. I love it, but uh, yeah, it will be interesting to see the future of Lube after this season because Lube has been so up and down. Like this is a team that has like beat Perugia arguably the best team in the world and yet like loses to Monza like goes to three with Toronto like this Lube team I just can't wrap my head around them just yet yeah they're they're an interesting one uh one other game I wanted to at least point out was how not even close to competitive Verona was against Perugia (laughs) it was a a three donging and kind of embarrassing fashion uh Everett look at just I already know what you're going to point out. Look at, Ver- <laughs> look at Verona's passing numbers. But look at Lube's or Perugia's. They're not that much better. Like, like straight up, like it was 33-21 compared to 34-23. Like the only thing is that Perugia just didn't get aced as much. Um, but Perugia's offensive numbers are widely better. 49% hitting compared to 35% hitting. Um, like, yeah, this, like, this is gross. I, I don't like this. Yeah, this is this is just bad. Um, Another just vomit-inducing Verona stat line, and it's so bad, in fact, that re- remember at the beginning of the year, there was some French guy named Axel Truchev, who we had never yeah. heard of before, that for some reason was starting an outside hitter for them. He's like, you know what? I'm done with this. Get me out of here. He actually requested his release, and Verona let him go, and they let him walk, and now he's playing for Pauk in the Greek League. <laughs> isn't Truchev, isn't he Bulgarian too? I actually, I, it's a Bulgarian name, but I actually think he might be French. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll look it up. Axel. Um, because, yeah, when you look at, and like Amin, like yeah, Amin, Amin is clearly not uh, a high ball hitter, too. Like when you look at these stats, oh god, mean, yeah, look at, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> exactly. Amin was two for 17. <laughs> Five errors. Five errors. Like, thank God he got three blocks to somewhat save himself, but he was a minus four overall on the night. Like, man, that team needs Namori Keita back in a very serious way. Yeah, Francesco Sani was two for ten. He got blocked three times. Like, their libero passed eight percent positive, zero percent perfect. Like, what are we doing? What the hell are we doing here? This is so bad. Like. (laughs) <laughs> how can Radostin Stoichev be allowed to continue to have a job? I don't know. And what, I mean, who even is this libero? Who is Pietro Bonisoli? Who is that? Like Francesco D'Amico, at least is a guy who's played in the Superliga before. Either he's hurt or he's just benched. I don't know what the deal is, but your libero passes 8% positive. How is that even possible? I don't know. My goodness. Uh, yeah, I, I don't need to say anything about Perugia here, but like, oh my God, Verona's bad. So bad that one of their bench players was like, get me out of here. And uh, like another pretty embarrassing 3-0 loss with like half the team in negative attacking efficiency. Yeah, pretty Gross. bad overall. Perugia serving, and this one was crazy. Nine errors, 10 aces. <laughs> I'm sorry, nine aces, 10 errors. Still. I just, I just yeah, still. Still. Just, just gross but yeah this verona team is just a disaster man like oh just just 
just figure it out. Figure just it out. Figure it well, out. Well, there's one very simple move to figure it out. We all yeah. know what it is. Uh, Gianni at, to Verona. Right. Looking at the standings now, uh, just to put some of these matches in context, uh, Perugia did play an extra match this week. They beat Padova last Wednesday because they, they had to move a game up for the Club World Championship in about two weeks. So that's why them and Padova have played an extra game. A couple other, uh, just to tie up some of these. Dude, this is weird. There, there's been more, like, more roster and coaching movement before the new year than maybe I've ever seen in a club season ever. I kind of love it. So it's kind of cool. Like so we talked about some of these things last week. Uh, Mikele Baranovic, the old setter is back with Chisterna. That's official. What now is rumored to happen. It isn't official yet is Davide Saita is likely to leave Chisterna and go to Toronto. And Angel Trinidad is likely to leave Toronto and go back to Spain and play for Guaguas, actually, the Champions yes. League team. So those two things aren't official yet, but it's uh, it's it seems very likely. And then uh, Catania, the, the new team who's in last right now, uh, picks up another older Italian guy, this Jacopo Massari guy from Hebar Pizardzik. Another, another Italian guy leaves that Bulgarian team who seems to really be crumbling apart financially and comes back to the Superliga. Yeah, I mean, it looks like some people in the chat in the Discord were, were breaking it down. What's happening with Pizardzik? It looks like the former mayor of the town was legally or illegally uh, <laughs> throwing some money towards oh, yeah. the team. Uh, now you've got a new mayor in, and he's not as willing to spend uh, some public funds uh, on a team. And because there was a while there where Pizardzik was like, it was basically Brad Gunter. Uh, and the rest of the Can- and the rest of the Bulgarian national team. Yeah, I remember that's, that. <laughs> that's what that's what their team. So starting to see that change a little bit f- from there, and it's, it's unfortunate, really, because they're really the only relevant team coming out of Bulgaria, like any time recently. Oh, for sure. So uh, yeah, they're they seem to be sending a lot of older Italian guys back to the Super League. But yeah, we'll keep an eye on all these early season transfers uh speaking of early season transfers there are a couple things in the lega volley femminile to talk about in that realm uh here's the results from last week on the women's side um we were talking about the busto arsizio coaching vacancy because julio velasco was kind of forced to step down by the italian federation after he took the women's national team job which i still will die on the hill that that is garbage and should never have happened but busto promoted this guy juan manuel Kicello. Uh, another Argentinian guy who was the assistant coach. So he's new, the new head coach of Busto, and they grabbed a point from Cuneo over the weekend. And another coaching move, uh, another coach firing Bergamo. Bergamo has fired their coach, uh, Matteo Solferati, a guy who I know nothing about. But uh, Bergamo was a playoff team last year, and they have been just miserable to start the season. They are 1-8. and eight. Let's look at the standings. One and eight, really bad. So they made a they made a coaching change. See if that can uh, help anything on that side. That's a that's a tough one there for for Begumo. Wasn't it Bernardi their coach? That's Novara. Novara, Novara, Novara. Right. And uh, speaking of Novara, they had a very interesting week. They had one of the the craziest sets probably in Italian volleyball history, going forty four to forty two over Firenze in the second set. And uh, honestly, I give Firenze a, a ton of credit because a, a lot of times you see if, if if a match goes insanely deep into overtime like that, the team that loses that set kind of lays down and dies the rest of the match. But mm-hmm. Firenze down 0-2 after losing that one actually came back and won the third and uh, made a match out of it. So 
good for them, but like 42, 44, you never or very rarely see a match get into the 40s. It happens like once a year. So it was worth pointing that one out. This this match just kind of proved to me that Navarra isn't legit, that they're not to be taken seriously, and that this is really just a three-team league. You know, you owe Canigliano, Malonza, Scandici. After that, there's a big drop-off. I do agree with that. Firenze is not particularly good. Uh, yeah, I was never convinced by Novara. I thought they had a, a good start because they didn't play very many good teams. But, uh, I mean, 44-42 is certainly worth pointing out. Uh, the, only oh, ma- 100%. the only match I really wanted to talk about this week was Scandici versus Chieri. It was a five-setter. I, I at least thought it was kind of interesting. And um, Chieri was able to hang around for a long time, in my opinion, because Scandici just played like trash. <laughs> played really bad. Uh Anna Carolina, the middle, led the whole match in scoring with 18. Well, no, she didn't. Uh, she led Scandici in scoring anyway. But uh, Antropova was not very good. Um, Maya Onyanovic got benched because of some foreigner limit problems. Uh, Zhu Ting wasn't very good. Britt Herbots was okay, but only 11 points in four sets. She got yanked because of the foreigner limit. Like that, this uh, was not as good of a performance from Scandici against an inferior team. Zhu. Hasn't exactly like lit up the Italian league like I was expecting she's, her to. She's old, man. It's unfortunate. She's a great player of a generation, but she's she looks pretty washed. It's kind of a bummer. I mean, we've got a lot of our Chinese fans in the Discord and stuff like that being like, oh, what? Just watch what happens to China next year. They're going to get Zhu Ting back and they're going to be so good and they're going to win the Olympics. No, sorry. It's not going to happen. You're going to lose to Alexa Gray and uh, Canada in the, in the BNL. All- who says they're even going to get Zhu Ting back? She's been like lukewarm at best about the yeah. idea of playing for China again. I'm, but, just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just regurgitating what the students oh, I know. They, are, are, are saying. Yeah, there are a lot of Everett gets particularly triggered by Chinese fans because there's a little rivalry there with them in Canada, which but... there, there isn't. I'm sorry, we beat China on the regular on both sides. Our 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 record against our record against China this year is three and one. <laughs> Let him know. Let him know, Everett. Uh, yeah, this this Scandici game is is alarming to me. If you if you're a fan of Scandici, you should not need five sets to put away Kieri. Now, uh, Kaya Grabelna was good. Avery Skinner, the American, was pretty good. Um, Katarina Zakayu in the middle, twelve for twenty five. That's good. Uh, Loveth Omaruri, who I like, uh, was okay. Did, did get served off the court as, as the primary target. And it's kind of a revenge game for Ophelia Malinoff against her former team. But uh, that's about all I had from this leg of Olifemini week. There wasn't that much more that was competitive. No. Here's the standings. You, you can really tell that the, it's starting to separate out sort of as we expect. Now, Novara still only has that one loss. They haven't played very many of the other good teams yet, but um, right now, it looks like a four-team league, and I agree with Everett that I think it's a three-team league. Yeah, it, it really is in terms of like talking about the championship and stuff like that. Well, to be honest, I, I think it's a one-team league. <laughs> I, I, I don't think Scandici or Malonza have anything that they could. Maybe Malonza because they have a Gonu, and that's really the only the only possible uh, result there. Um, yeah. I like shout out to Corneliano as well. Their backup setter is Maddie Bug, American out of Stanford, who's engaged to uh, American setter Matt West, which is cool. 
And uh, Corneliano like randomly throughout Champions League and in their their three nothing win over Castle Maggiore, they don't even bother playing Joanna Volo. She's like Maddie Bug, you got this. Like go out and set this team, and she does and looks confident and wins three zero. And I like that. That's cool. Once again, a fantastic organization making yep. smart choices. How about that? Right. Figure it out, Stooge Chev. <laughs> it all comes back to Stooge Chev, you know. Yeah, uh, twenty-one uh, nineteen right now for Udinese in uh, in set number three. Oh, okay. So they they might steal one. I mean, they were they were up in the they were up late in the second last time, and they also had like a four or five point lead before this, and now uh, now it's evaporated. So got Sam Taylor Parks, the Canadian out of TRU, back there serving right now. So uh, okay, ooh, nice little run to Huber. Maybe that's maybe this is we should do, Rob. We should just have these commentate. shows where we where we just where we just commentate games, but you have to watch it and like try to make sure everything's in line. Good. I'm sure that's a real good viewing experience for the people. Uh let's move on. There is one enormous match in the Sultanlar League that we definitely have to talk about. Fenerbahce beats Vakif Bank three to one. This is a very interesting match. Obviously, whenever these two teams play, it's interesting, but like compared to the playoffs, the couple of playoff series that we saw between these two last year, the overall firepower and like level of volleyball right now is not nearly as high because you don't have Paula Egonu and you don't have Melissa Vargas. But still, um, very competitive game. Gabi Guimarez did everything that she could for Vakif Bank here. 20 for 33 attacking, uh, plus three blocks and world-class reception. But um, Jordan Thompson was not good at all, and Ali Franti at outside had to get benched. So Gabi had no help, and uh, Fenerbahce had Fedorovtseva be pretty good and Stisiak be good enough. So it was basically two weapons against one, and Fenerbahce wins it 3-1. to one. I mean, Fedorovtseva, in my opinion, was, was a little better than pretty good. Yeah, she, she, was <laughs> she, was, good. she was 21 for 39, got two blocks and three aces. Yeah, uh, and then passed real solid while being the number one target uh, of the day. Like, Fedorovtseva, I think she struggled a little bit this year, and she really turned up on this one. Stiziak was all right, 13, 13 for 30. Uh, but yeah, Rob, the Americans just really, str- like, I wouldn't say struggling, just getting blocked a lot. Eight eight blocks in total for the Americans in in this one between between Franti and and Thompson. It's tough. I mean, I I'm not sold on Ali Franti being an elite outside, like an elite like game changing outside. Like she's she's nowhere. Like she's no like she's no Gabi. Um, well, that's the thing. I don't think there. I think there are exactly two elite game changing outsides in the world. And they both played in this game. It's Gabi and Arena Fedorovseva, and that's it. If you ask me, like, there's such a huge drop off after those two players at that position. It, 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 it continues to be amazing to me how few truly great outside hitters there are in the women's it's game. Really, it's really weird. Like the only ones, like I can name four, five elite outsides. I think right? Li Ying Yang is three, in my opinion. It, and then like Gabi Alexa, Arena Li Ying. Alexa Gray and then um, Britt Herbots when she's on. It's 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 interesting. It's very interesting. Like where every single outside hitter in the world is is having to be just a role player and not a scorer. It's, yeah, it's pretty wild. Um, another thing that I wanted to point out in this match is the middle blocker performances. Ada Erdem of Fenerbahce completely dominated this game. Uh, let me see your stats. Ten for seventeen 
is a big offensive impact, uh, plus an ace in three blocks. She shut down Zara Gunesh, who went two for nine and got blocked once. Like That is very uncharacteristic for probably the best middle blocker in the world. So uh, that, that was kind of icing on the cake for Venerbahce to dominate the middle blocker matchup that way. Yeah, I mean, when you're going to set down Zara Gunesh, who's one of the best in the world, like you're, and that's like... When these two teams play, you're going to need a full team performance from yeah. from from either from either side if you're going to get a win. I just love that it's so it's so all over the place this year. Like there's so many question marks. Oh, 24-23 right now for the checks. Ooh. So uh, here's the full results from the Sultan Ali week. The only other good one was uh, Murat Pasha beat Kuze Buro in five. So cool. Uh, Zaja Pasha beat Nilufer easily. And uh, that's kind of about all I've got on that one. Here's the standings. This, I mean, this, it couldn't be more clear that this is a three-team league. <laughs> Look at that. I'm eight points separating third from fourth this early. It's crazy. Even even THY is just nowhere nowhere near. No. no. Yeah, nobody else is relevant. And remember, only four teams make the playoffs in the Sultanar League. So it's going to be the top three, obviously. And the, the only drama is going to be that fourth spot. Oh, yeah. Very much so. So I keep on wanting to see Besiktas make make a run, maybe Galatasaray, right? maybe Nulufer, but um, Pasa so far has been kind of uh, kind of the next step team, and Kozyboro as they just beat them. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's it. I didn't see anything that notable in the Turkish men's league to talk about at least no. not this week. All right, let's talk about the Plusliga. Uh, actually, kind of a big upset week in Poland this week. We had Skra Belchatov giving Warszawa their first loss of the year. And then a huge one, Barkom Lviv beats Zaksa in four. Two big ones. That one was surprising. Not so much as like we we know that the, the issues from rosters that people have been having, but still like Zaksa, been interesting. It's been, a, been an interesting early season for them. Yeah, so I was looking at the stats, the, the Skra Belkatov stats, and I was wondering, like, did did Skra just catch fire for a game? And they kind of did. I mean, you got a really good David Konarski game, which I, I sound like a broken record in saying that that is extremely rare. But he went 22 for 38 and hit 47% efficiency. So, like, that, that that's an awesome game. Um, let's see. Who who are their wings? Uh, Lipinski was okay. Uh, the, the, oh, man, they have that Romanian kid, uh, Aciobanice. Don't know much about him. He was pretty good. Uh, with the lefty, Pierre Dorion is coming off the bench. He's actually pretty good. So Skra's got some options there. But uh, Vershava just wasn't all that good. Only 34% efficiency as a team. Uh, Bolwanj, the opposite, got benched because he kept getting blocked too much. At least that's what it looks like from the stats. But uh, maybe he got hurt. I'm honestly not sure. Then you bring in Linus Weber, kind of for the first time at opposite like all year that I remember. Um, nine for sixteen with two errors isn't bad. Uh, we didn't see Taylor Averill yet. He was at the match, but like didn't dress or warm up yet. So he's he's working himself uh, into that Vershava roster. Maybe maybe he can help out with their middle situation. Oh, I mean, I hope like if he if he can't, then who will? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like you're not going to be going to pick up Robert Landy. Like there's no doubt that Taylor Averill is the best middle available on the market. Oh, for sure. And I mean. I would be very comfortable saying Taylor Averill is a top 10 middle in the world. No doubt about it. We saw what he was able to do in this league last year for Olsten. You made a face there. Do you disagree with me or agree with me? Oh, no. I, I Yeah, I was going to say, I, like, 
Come on. Taylor, Taylor Abel's, he's awesome, especially. He's, a, he's 100% a top 10 middle in the world. Ooh, top 10. Top 10, yeah. That one I would have to think about. There's a lot of good middles. There's a lot of good middles, but, but Taylor's definitely one of them. He's awesome. Yeah, for sure, which is once again why it makes the U.S. so friggin' annoying to play against because it doesn't matter <laughs> who you slot in. Oh, JW uh, took the lead. Oh, and they just won. Did they really? Yeah, JW. Uh, it, was, it went from 24-23. Oh. Challenge? Yeah, I've, I've, I look seeing on flash score, it actually says 25-25. Well, JW just scored the scored the point, but on the scoreboard, they had uh, Budejo Vice um, <laughs> up by... Did I, did I say that properly? No? No. <laughs> how, how do you say it? Budejo Vice. Budejo Vice. Yeah, don't pronounce the J. Uh, what was the other one I wanted to look at? Oh, yeah, Zaxa. Zaxa versus Lviv. Uh, I, I assume that Polonsky was good, and he was. Yep, 16 for 35, 17, point, 17 points. Fossil Tucci, really good, 19 for 37, 46% efficiency for the Ukrainian opposite. Very nice game there. Uh, who did Zaksa even start here? Yeah, like Takvam got the start. Radoslav Gil? That's their I third setter. That's their, their setter. Yeah, uh, so Shimansky, Shlivka, and Kaczmarek at... Wings. Wow, catch mark was really bad. Seven for twenty-two, uh, six yeah. errors. That's rough. Five percent efficiency on on the day there for Kashmark. Ooh, Shimonsky, I mean, even worse. Six for twenty-six, nine errors. Ow. Yeah, minus twelve efficiency. Ooh. Whenever you see a team with twenty-five percent efficiency, that's that's going to do it for you. That that good. is that is going to do it for you right there. Yeah, Zox. Oh. I feel bad for Zox. They're just they're they're. They're walking wounded right now. And I mean, we talked to Eric on the Champions League preview like two weeks ago. He's like, they have a big block of games coming up that they're trying to focus on. And uh, they got that win over Olympiacos in Champions League. But I guess at what cost? Because now they lose to like definitely an inferior team. In yeah, but you're playing a million games in the Plus League this they year. You play a million games. Hell, if you're Zuxa, you could lose all the games in the first half and then just run the table in the second half and still probably make the playoffs, right? That's exactly what they um, did last year. Exactly. They were terrible. Not terrible. They were very mediocre in the first half. Oh, JW just takes it. Um, David Smith was very good in this one. No surprise there. No surprise uh, eight for nine. Two, uh, a block and two aces. So that's, that's pretty good for, for David Landy. He had the highest. Uh, and uh, Zox only had two blocks as a team in this game. Yeah, that's bad. That's nine, nine for low. nine for Lviv, and I, th I think Lviv is a solid team, man. Like this yeah. is not a team that you can you can fall asleep against. This is not a team that you can kind of bring bring a bench team and and expect to to get wins. Like it's not. I mean, there are very few teams in the Plus League where you can do that. And uh, you, you you talked about that they play a million games in the Plus League. Ever you, you were talking to me before the show that the Plus League announced something pretty big uh, going they into did. not next season but two seasons from now. Yeah, back in up and moving forward, looking forward to the 2025-2026 season. They will lessen the league down to 14 teams, uh, which has been the call from everyone, from coaches, from players, from fans, from everyone, and. From 16 to 14, that means you're playing four less matches uh, in the regular season. It's going to give more chances for, uh, you know, like they put a big emphasis on European competitions. And I think especially now with the success of Zaxa, with having the all Polish final last year, like they understand that the best place to 
showcase Polish volleyball is in the Champions League, is in the CEV Cup, is the Challenge Cup. So they want to put put more to that. And I really hope that this also brings in some playoff format changes because having just the home and the home away is garbage. Yeah, that's bring tough. us back the series. You bring us back a five game series. That's what I want. That's that's what I want for for the Plus League. We yeah. don't need the North American best of seven. That is almost too much. Five game series for the quarters, semis, and finals. That's what we want. None of this home and home bullshit. Agreed. Yeah, I, I, it feels like they only made that change this year because they were so strapped for time in the schedule. And uh, sure, like you're gonna. It's it's always good to have as give an opportunity for as many teams as possible to play. But you've you've really got to think about the players here. The, the, the players are are just absolutely beat into the ground by this schedule and just by all all that they have to do in international and club volleyball. And it, it's it's a good move to cut the Plus Liga down to 14 teams. So not next season, but the season after that, there will be 14 teams in Poland. I think that's that's absolutely a good move. Uh, yeah. Here are the standings in the Plus Liga, by the way. Through uh, almost everyone has played seven matches. Uh, Olsen just got a good win yesterday to kind of complete match day six. Um, Yashimsky now the only undefeated team in the league after Vashava loses to Skra. Yeah, JW and uh, Trentino, really the only two big teams who are undefeated. Oh yeah, I guess uh, I guess Berlin is undefeated still as yeah, well. Of course, Berlin. They are. Berlin, JW, um, Trentino. And uh, yeah, Sudmar Ligi, there are no undefeated teams. Effler no. Ligi, I think Zerat. No, Canigliano. Uh, yeah, Hawkbank and Fenerbahce in the Effler Ligi are both undefeated. And uh, Canigliano has to be undefeated. Canigliano uh, is undefeated, yeah. Yeah, they are. Has Hawkbank lost in the cup? They Yeah, they, they lost the Super Cup to Zerat, but that okay. is not in their regular season standings. So oh, yeah, and not, I guess I guess Trentino lost in the Super Cup as well too. Yes, they did. Okay. So yeah, not and uh, so did and, JSW. And JSW they, also lost in the Super. Uh, okay, so we have no undefeated teams this year. <laughs> Reverse swept by Zoxa. I mean, I guess Berlin has Berlin hasn't lost a game this year, have they? No, they haven't. Well, that's that's pretty typical. Uh, yeah. Okay. One of our Polish friends in the chat says that the the number of injuries and a lot of very vocal feedback from the players. Plus the new FIVB calendar, where a, a lot of what the Plus Liga considered in reducing the size of the league for in two years, and th- good move, good move, good no, move. no yeah. brainer in my opinion. Even it was fourteen like two years ago. It's it's only been sixteen for a little bit now, so it, it's it's the right move to go back to that definitely. Sixteen is is way too much. Too much. Six for volleyball. Sixteen is way too much. Yeah, you just don't have enough time to play that many games. Plus yeah. all CV. Okay, uh, Ever, there's only one more thing to talk about on the show today, and it's an interesting one because we don't talk about women's NCAA that much. Until now. Until now. Let's go. The regular season is over. The The championship bracket has been set. Uh, selection Sunday was just two days ago, and now we know the 64 teams that will play a single elimination tournament to decide the women's NCAA champion. Uh, kind of four quadrants. We'll talk about them all. But uh, Everett, you you like to say a lot that this is the best product in all of best women's product. volleyball or volleyball period. Volleyball, volleyball period. Volleyball period. There's nothing that gets me going like the NCAA tournament. There's nothing that's covered like the NCAA tournament. There's no viewing experience that is as good as the NCAA tournament. There's, there's like, it's just. I mean, Rob, you're you're a sports guy like me. How fun was it growing up 
and having that like especially like hey maybe you get a sick day or like a snow day on that that first friday of the ncaa tournament and you just get to watch basketball all day it's oh, like it's this best. but it's, yeah. it's like this but way better for volleyball just because like i'm not you know when i'm like 11 years old like i'm just learning who villanova and wake forest and purdue and all these teams are and you're just kind of like figuring it out but it's so it's so much fun um now with the ncaa tournament it it's just it, it it's just even better especially with how you've really i think right now ncaa women's volleyball is at the peak that it's ever been right oh you're, it's it's like growing the, so fast the numbers have been absolutely massive of course we had that massive game with uh you know nebraska playing in the football stadium setting uh almost setting the record i know people want to say they did but there was actually a women's soccer game back in the 70s that had more people so it's the second largest one but still like the numbers like like there's big like there's big 10 volleyball games that are outperforming big 10 football games on the big 10 network like that's where like that's where things are happening so when we're once we're coming into this tournament especially considering that pro volleyball in the States of the women starts in the new year. There's so much looking at this tournament. I think there's going to be so much interest um, in coming in, Um, man. Like we, and we saw it, like, look at how interesting that Nebraska versus Wisconsin game. Although what is going on this? We have had two Nebraska versus Wisconsin champion or competitions this year, head to head, right? Both in the big 10. Are we not supposed to have access to the Big Ten Network with our uh, Volleyball World subscription? Why Why is it all the Big Ten games except for when Nebraska and Wisconsin playing? What is going on? Yeah, why, I am I paying money? why am I paying money to not watch the best games in the world? Like, yeah. what is going on? I don't know about that one. I'm mean, I'm in I'm in America. I don't have that problem. But yeah, volleyball world TV picked up the rights to figure the, it to, out. The Big Ten volleyball, but why like why can't you watch all of them? That that's that's very stupid, unacceptable. Yeah, uh, it's 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 dumb. But uh, first, I, Rob, I have a lot of thoughts about. Well, I I've been on record many many times saying that the NCAA itself is a horrible and corrupt institution. But uh, it's, it's 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 so bad for it's it's bad for sports everywhere. But the NCAA women's volleyball tournament is must watch. It's it's awesome. It it probably is the best product in all of volleyball. Uh, it, it's very different from what a lot of you are used to watching. Uh, liberos can serve. You get like 15 substitutions, like without that one and one out rule. So there's a lot more specialization going on. There are a lot of foreign players in the NCAA. Like a, a lot of countries around the world have figured out that the NCAA is a fantastic training ground and development league for their players ages 18 to 22 ish. And also, like we always talk about every year on the show, as soon as the tournament is over in about three weeks, it'll be early December. Those players that are graduating, there's a great chance that they'll immediately be on the market to go and play for teams in Europe that need them. It happens every exactly. year. Every and year, yeah. ev- every year it happens. And a lot of those players go over and they have impacts right away. So uh, there, there's going to be a lot of drama. It's 64 teams, single elimination, which is crazy. So, one so, and done. Right. One and done. You lose one game, you get upset once, and you're done. That's it. So a lot of drama. Uh, let's, let's kind of take a look corner by corner. Uh, the number one overall seed in the entire tournament is Nebraska, which is not a surprise. Uh, they're awesome. They're an absolute juggernaut of a program. They have a ridiculous fan base. They put like 10,000 people at every game. Um, so like in, in each sort of corner, each sort of region of 16 teams, 
I don't really like that they seed one to eight instead of just one to sixteen. You might as we well need, just seed one to sixteen. Yeah, let's let's have a one through uh, uh, like a straight one through sixteen ranking like they do for men's men's basketball like right. they do for women's i don't understand why women's basketball gets so much fanfare like oh it needs to be bigger no 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 no. women's volleyball needs to be bigger women's volleyball is a way more viable like if you way want way more women's, way more viable way way more women play you know it's, it's funny rob i did an interview with uh with, with tj sanders a couple weeks ago and, and he's now working with no easy bucks and he and he talks about how the difference is like when you're in canada like volleyball is a sport that women play you know there's there's hockey there's soccer volleyball like those are the big three maybe you can add ringette in there um if if you don't know ringette is a derivative of hockey uh for for all the people who aren't in canada and finland no it's actually it's actually pretty exciting i like it um but when you go to the states like women's volleyball is the women's sport yep like women play volleyball like that that is is what we do and he talks about he talked about how different the mentality is between women in, in the states and 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 canada like i don't understand why the ncaa why espn why all sports people in the states don't just put like they want to make women's sports happen women's volleyball is where it's going to make it happen for sure 100%. women's women's basketball is a terrible product it just terrible is product. yeah it's a terrible product women's volleyball is a fantastic <laughs> product there's there's nothing worse than being like, well, like, why don't you just lower the rim like we do in volleyball? Like, oh no, we we want to play the men's game. Okay, then why don't you play with a bigger ball? You know, you want you you already play with a smaller ball. Play with a lower rim. I digress. Agreed. We're 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 getting off off track. Anyway, here. the uh, you got to watch this tournament. We will help you find ways in the volleyball source Discord to watch it if you're not in the U.S. That always gets a little tricky. But a couple things to point out here. Uh, I don't like that they seed one through eight, not one through sixteen. But what you do need to know is that if you are seeds one through four in your region, then you get to host the first two games. So Nebraska, when they beat whoever LIU is, I assume that's Long Island University in New York, when they beat them, they will play their next game at home as well. So if you're seeded one through four in your region, you have home court advantage for the first two rounds. And that's pretty big. Because like Florida versus Georgia Tech, for example, Georgia Tech is good. Florida was really good, but they have a superstar setter that got hurt like the second week of the year. And they've been kind of like just holding on by a thread most of the season. Yeah. If if that was played on neutral court, Georgia Tech would be favored. But because that's at Florida, because Florida's that four seed, that uh that definitely changes things. And then uh Kentucky, the number two seed in this region, yeah, has your boy Ben Josephson. Yeah, that's I'm I'm a I'm a Kentucky bandwagoner. Love for, it for, for for this tournament, Rob. Um, real quick, I do want to say I, I'm actually going to be doing a podcast tomorrow at some point uh, with my friend Caitlin Genovi, who is oh yeah coach. from Houston, right? Uh, so she was actually at Davidson this year. Got it. Um, she she got she was just she was just when she was at Houston, she was technically uh, a volunteer assistant, uh, whereas she got like a full on assistant coach uh, with Good. Davidson this year. Good so fortunately, they didn't make the tournament, but uh, super stoked to talk to to talk to Genovi and get us some like in the NCAA insight about what's going to go down on this tournament. And trust yeah. me, if there's, she's so smart and so knowledgeable. She's really going to, going to help us out with uh, the NCAA tournament. Nice. Yeah. She was great last year. So de- definitely tune into that. Uh, next region is Wisconsin's region, uh, Wisconsin and Nebraska split when they played twice this year. Uh, so Wisconsin's very, very good. Definitely a title contender. They've got Canadian girl, Anna Schmreck. Who's six yep. foot nine? Which six is insane. foot nine. If you like, if you guys are gonna want to watch one player in the tournament, I would have to say it's Anna Schmreck. This I is agree. a girl that I've been watching since she was fourteen years old. 
And, you know, once again, TJ and I talk about her. She is a dominant blocker. Like, if you if you watch the NBA right now, people talk about how teams have to change their offensive schemes because you just can't shoot around Victor Wembenyama. That is Anna Schmreck on, on the defensive side for Wisconsin. She is an absolute monster. So, but Rob, you got to be feel good about your Purdue Boilermakers down there, ranked in third. You guys going to be hosting uh, that that first weekend or this this weekend. Um, how you feeling about Purdue? And of course, Big Ten massively represented in in this tournament, but uh, not so much as usual. That's the interesting no? thing is that the Big Ten only has five teams in this year. Uh, the SEC actually has eight, which is way more than usual. Yeah, the SEC's got eight. The Big Twelve has seven. And the Big Ten, the ACC, and the Pac-12 only have five teams in. So that's very different from most years. And there's actually a good bit of controversy around that because there's like of the 64 teams, there's 32 that qualify automatically from winning their conferences. And then the other 32 are kind of like an at-large decided upon by this committee, yeah. the, the criteria of which is always a bit of a mystery. So we won't really get into that. But uh, Purdue's very good. Purdue's always like a around like the 15th best team in the country, like so somewhere in that ballpark. They're always spectacular on defense. Purdue's one of the best defensive teams in the country every year, like backcourt digging. They dig a ton of balls. And uh, they have a couple good middles. I don't love their uh, their right side attacking presence. They have two unreal young outside hitters. So Eva Hudson is a sophomore, and Chloe Chicoin is a true freshman. And she was Chicoin is a Lafayette girl. like She's from in town. And is only like 5'10", 5'11", and was like the MVP of U19 Worlds for the USA girls. Okay. okay. She's insane. Insane. So if you like undersized outside haters, you got to watch Purdue. Um, also, Purdue at Holloway Gymnasium is where we host games. And uh, although Marquette is good, who will probably play in the second round, uh, Purdue's home court advantage is so good that uh, we should get to the Sweet 16, no problem. And then where we would probably play Oregon, Oregon's very good. So I'm excited for that game. All also, right. shout-outs to Omaha. Uh, my buddy, Teddy Kopaz, my is my setter from high school. I uh, was been my teammate forever. He coaches at Omaha, and they won their league to join to get automatically into the NCAA tournament for the first time ever for their program. So good for them. All right. Love it. I um, want to move on now to uh, another uh, one here. Pitt. Pitt has been good. Pitt's good. All season long. They're in the same bracket as Louisville, uh, on the same side of the bracket as as Louisville as well. So Minnesota, they're unranked, which is Dude, uh, Minnesota. Once Hugh McCutcheon retired, Minnesota definitely dropped off. They're they're yeah. definitely not the same like a uh, elite top five or so team that they used to be. So like big name brand for Minnesota volleyball, but definitely not as scary as they used to be. And yeah, I don't know like, any I don't know anything about Utah State, but. It is interesting that Minnesota is not seeded. This is this is why I'm ex- excited to talk to Caitlin Genovi, just because it's so hard um, to watch. Like, especially as a Canadian, it's so hard to watch the NCAA sometimes. Yeah, like there's so much of his geo locked. Like, it's 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 really really difficult. So I'm excited to talk to someone who's like in the thick of it, who can kind of give me some of that, uh, you know, give me some of that inside knowledge. Now, Pitt's really good, like you said. Uh, they're one of the one seeds. They beat Purdue in like the Elite Eight a couple years ago, and like they're they're awesome. So they've been to Final Fours before. But Pitt versus USC in the second round could be a really good game. Uh, Josh Tuaninga's little sister is the setter for USC. Yeah, I saw that actually. She's she's very good, and USC is solid. 
and uh, th that could be one of the very few like second round games with upset potential. So uh, keep your eye on that. Uh, Creighton is really good as well. I think that they're the three seed. They should get to the Sweet Sixteen, no problem. And same with Louisville. Louisville's real good. Creighton versus Louisville Sweet Sixteen is going to be a sick game. Yeah, there's that guy on uh, on Instagram, really like Dan Mesky. He's uh, an associate coach for Louisville. Yeah, yeah, he, he's he's all over social media. Um, and then the last quadrant is Stanford's. Uh, Stanford's the one seed here, but Texas is the two seed, the reigning champs. Yeah, that Texas uh, division there: Texas A&M, Texas State, and Texas. And SMU uh, is and, in, is and, in Houston. That, that's all SMU, four Texas teams. Four Texas teams. So so that should be fun. Um, just moving down here, Tennessee. They've got Western Kentucky, High Point, Coastal Carolina. Meh. This BYU. is a pretty, This is a weak region. I yeah. Think, like, other than Stanford and Texas, like that, there's not much that I've really got my eye on in this region. Yeah, BYU, ASU, Houston. That's. Um, should Stanford have been a number one seat? Meh. I, I think so. They, they they won the Pac-12 very convincingly, and there's there's pretty good teams in that league. But um, they're not the like in like Catherine Plummer's era when they were just like churning out national titles. It's definitely no. not the not the yeah. same Stanford as that. No, exactly. That's 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 my kind of my benchmark for for Stanford. Fair enough. You know, yeah. uh, my pick here is a Nebraska Nebraska Wisconsin rematch in the in the championship game. At least that's what I want. Yeah, that's that's what I want to see. Like, but both the games that they've played this regular season were bangers. I hope we see it again. Uh, schedule wise, this uh, the first two rounds are this weekend, like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then uh, on next week's show we'll talk about it before the rounds of sixteen and eight, and then the the semis are the following week. But what's interesting this year? Normally the finals are on like Saturday evening on ESPN. Mm -hmm. This year they're on Sunday afternoon on abc like national full like national broadcast like not even on cable like a regular one of the five like fully national channels in the states like that is a huge deal to put women's part volleyball of, on that part of me loves that the love abc it. part of me loved that 100%. i don't like the, i don't like the sunday though sunday's not I, exactly with the sunday NFL. you're competing with the nfl you're competing with the NFL, and that's just not a good idea to do, no. um, especially because it's on ABC, so it's probably not going to be streamable, right? This isn't a throw the NFL game on the TV, on the TV, put the volleyball game on the laptop type of situation. This is going to be watch one or the other. This is going to be a channel switching back and forth. So we'll have to see how that 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 bodes well. We're really hoping the women fans, show, the female fans, show up because that's uh, that's that's who that's who we want. You know, I, I'm really hoping for some big games here. I really, really am. For, for some big numbers, yeah. Me too. So uh, we've got an NCAA channel in the Volleyball Source Discord. So if you want to talk about the tournament or figure out where to watch it, uh, get in there and we'll we'll be following along with it the next couple of weeks. So yeah, first two rounds this Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then we'll talk about next week if, uh, if anything interesting happens. Anything else to talk about here, Rob? Is that, uh, I think that's about the end of... The notes. Anyone in the chat have anyone thing to bring up? Actually, never mind. It won't come. It won't get to us in time. <laughs> uh, thanks for watching, everyone. Big, big, big week of volleyball. Huge day at Champions League tomorrow. tomorrow. Um, big weekend of NCAA, and then all the normal European leagues. Uh, we will see you same time, same place next Tuesday. Don't forget. Only two more days. You've, 
only a couple more days. That volleyball that store. Use the code Daddy. You've only got a couple more days to 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 uh, to pick up pick up some merch. Don't forget. Yeah, thatvolleyballstore.com. Uh, link is in the description. That's it. We'll see you next yes, week. It's that it's also thatvolleyballstore.com. And yes. It's no longer. Um, yeah. Yeah. Links in the descriptions. Check that out. We'll see you on the volleyball source Discord. Same time, same place next Tuesday. Peace.